Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Welcome to episode 162. Today, we're going to talk about upgrades, upgrading your phones, upgrading your clothes, your technology, your housing, your appliances, and anything else you might consider upgrading. You know, Ryan, it's it's sort of that time of the year. It's uh, the year is winding down and mm. of course it's the holiday shopping season and everyone's out shopping for other people as yeah. well. There and are it, a ton of upgrades available right now. Right. Well, and then you, you go to the store and you're like, I'm going to buy this gift for someone and then inevitably... Like you're like, oh, but I really need that computer for me, or I need, you know, whatever. The I'd be stupid not to buy this upgrade that's on sale for whatever reason, right? Yeah. And so whether you're listening to this in the holidays, or you're listening to this months from now, or years from now, uh, it's not just applicable to the holidays. We're always sort of tugged by the the tug of consumerism. Yeah. Can I? improve this thing i think it's part of the human condition yeah well it's also part of the business model with companies right like they totally build in the need to upgrade it's like uh, i know apple and, and other tech uh you know gadget companies they will put out a lesser version of what they can really do because they want to they want you to have that desire for the upgrade so they'll put it out with you know a a phone that maybe has a few megapixels less than than the upgrade uh but but you know as soon as they put that new that new phone out there they're trying to tug at you trying to get your dollars so you can you can oh yeah i definitely need those new megapixels so i'm gonna go ahead and upgrade my phone yeah we don't even know what it means half the time what is a megapixel uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a really big pixel man oh okay yeah and, and so so, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. There, there are these weird sort of conspiracy theories about planned obsolescence. And, yeah. and while some of those things are true, there mm-hmm. are going to be some product developers yeah. who who deliberately sort of sabotage an item to work less than it should. Right. But I think the real planned obsolescence is in marketing. Mm. Marketing makes us feel like the thing that we bought to satisfy our needs is now obsolete, mm. even though it isn't obsolete. And and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to make some distinctions as well. So, oh, uh, before we dive into the questions today, Ryan, uh, we're recording this a little bit early. We're recording this on Cyber Monday. <laughs> I see Podcast Sean over there right now taking advantage of all the deals. That's right. He keeps refreshing his screen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, we we um, we just went through Black Friday and Small Business Saturday. Which wait, wait, they, when did they start Small Business Saturday? It's the day after Black Friday. When did but when did they start mark coining that term? I was a few years ago. Really, and the weird thing is, I think it's like big companies like American Express that coined the Small Business. I, I, I don't know where that actually comes from, so I'm I'm speaking out of turn here. Um, maybe someone in the YouTube comments can let me know where, where small business Saturday actually it's came funny. from. But, uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, uh, we are small business owners, Ryan. We, yeah. we own a couple small businesses mm-hmm. and, uh, so I think it's admirable to want to support local and small businesses, mm-hmm. but not if the price is to still go out and consume without intention. Yeah. That is still a problem whether you're supporting your local business unintentionally or you're supporting a mega corporation unintentionally it's still the same fundamental problem i guess i just don't understand why i have to wait until the saturday after black friday to support a local business well i I think and here's why because (laughs) because we all know that people are going and it's weird to me the black friday is really a thing still and it's it's less of a thing now uh, our good friend matt diavella put up a video about uh the the history of black friday mm. recently and it's tapered off uh significantly in fact we'll put a link to that video in the show notes it i know it's been doing really well a lot of people found value in it but uh, it's tapered off as far as like what people spend on black friday yeah, that uh, you remember. I mean, you remember in our in our documentary uh, as an example where you have the hordes of people bombarding the doors at Walmart. Yeah, people getting violent over yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever they're trying to get on Black Friday, and that's still happening now. I don't want to act like it's not. There are people who are still trying to get the big screen TV, but which is weird. I mean, 
big TVs haven't really changed that much over the last five, six, ten years. Mm. I mean, once they became flat TVs mm. and um, they were able to mount them on a wall, everything else is uh, it becomes these the the marketing speak, the right. the megapixels, the the 4K, the right. the curved TV, right. Um, and, and sort of some of these gimmicks. But anyway, in Matt's video, he showed uh, our friend Dan Harris all, was on ABC News. And they showed that there were camera crews waiting at one of the wall. I think it was a Walmart. Maybe it was a Best Buy. One of these uh, big chain stores waiting for the, the doorbuster sale at you know, 5 a.m. Waiting to film all the madness. Yeah. And yes. one person walked in the front oh, door. Oh, so good. You dude. got this whole like... But the the thing is, we're actually spending more than ever. So it's not like, well, so, all of a sudden we've tamped down the consumerism and the message of minimalism has spread, and now everyone is more. <laughs> we did deliberate. our job. We're out. <laughs> yeah, we can we can just walk away now. I wish that would happen, yeah. where everyone was just more deliberate now. So we're still spending a lot of money. In fact, we're spending more and more each holiday season. Yes, but we're spending in different ways. So Black Friday isn't as tempting for people. It's I'm, I'm guessing that Cyber Monday is taking on a lot of the the dollars. That that used to be spent on Black Friday. Yeah, I think so. But also, it has become pro. The the, the Black Friday has become protracted, mm. uh, so that it starts for some people on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, right. they have doorbuster sales. I think at Target at like two p.m. or something yeah. crazy on Thanksgiving Day. But then also, I saw a billboard. I was driving to the airport the other day, and I saw this like I think it was Chevy, and it was like Black Friday deals this month. That's funny. And it's like, what, what do you mean this month? Like, it, it, this month is Black Friday month? Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And so it has become protracted, which is a good thing if people aren't trampling each other, even mm -hmm. if you're indulging in consumerism. I got to say, man, I have not... Like, I usually see these videos floating around on Twitter or whatever in the news about uh, Black Friday madness and groups of people, you know, just going at each other. I haven't... I haven't really seen any. any I've seen of those. a few. There, there was one. I think it was. I think it was in Alabama, and I'm mm. not sure about this. I don't know if you saw it, Sean or Jordan, but uh, where shots were fired. I think in a was it a Walmart? Good grief! Yeah, yeah. I saw people running from shots being fired. I also saw two guys fighting over a big screen television. Wow! Just like yanking it from each other. I mean, That's clearly crazy. they're breaking the TV in the right. process of fighting for it. Yeah. And so, yeah, Black Friday. Um, on Black Friday, I uh, took Ella and well, and Bex, and uh, Ella's uh, grandparents were in town. Bex's parents were in town, and we went out to the Cincinnati Zoo, the festival of lights they have. The Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> yeah, we flew out to Cincinnati. They came out to LA say goodbye to the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> wow. I'm with you. The LA Zoo. I'm with yeah, you. we did go to the LA Zoo. And then on Small Business Saturday, mm -hmm. um, we supported a big business. We went to, well, actually, I, I, maybe it's a medium sized business or maybe it's a nonprofit. The LA Arboretum. Oh, cool. Uh, they have this, uh, I think it's called the Moonlight Forest. It's all of these Chinese lanterns. It seem, seemingly goes on endlessly, mm. and it is just, it, it was gorgeous, and Ella loved it. It was gifting an experience, and she just really enjoyed, well, well, she enjoyed the, the she enjoyed Christmas time much more than she is just going to enjoy that one day of Christmas. Yeah. And, uh, and so sometimes protracting the holidays can be good when our intentions are good. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't shop on that friday or 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 whatever but when we're compelled because we're going to save 30 percent, which by the way you probably could have saved that anyway if you would have just looked somewhere online mm -hmm. but maybe you didn't need to buy the thing at yeah. all yeah i mean it's funny because like i hear people like i was uh i was having um lunch with uh travis a guy that josh and i used to work with back in the corporate world and he was like, man, I've never done the Black Friday thing. He's like, but there's this one particular, I think it was a TV. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, we, we do need to replace our TV. I was going to get one. And then I saw what they were doing on Black Friday. So uh, I, I, we planned as a family, we're going to go out and get that one thing. And then, you know, we're going to uh, save, you know, X amount of dollars on it. And uh, I meant to text him and see how it went, man. But I'm assuming it went all right for him. But mm -hmm. I guess uh, that's the biggest argument I hear. 
for Black mm. Friday. It's like, well, I, I can't afford it unless, you know, I went on Black Friday. Mm. And, I, you know, there's there's no judgment towards anyone who has done that. The problem is, is that that's, that's more of the exception, right? Absolutely. The rule is usually like, we feel like, oh, we'd be stupid not to go out and, and buy these things because we're going to save all this money mm-hmm. uh, uh, buying the stuff that we probably wouldn't buy anyway. It makes me think of, remember the coupon books? You know, it's like ten thousand dollars worth of savings. Yeah, yeah. People will like would go door to door selling them, sort right? Of thing. Yeah, and those these cost like thirty, forty bucks or whatever. <laughs> so it's ten thousand dollars worth of savings, but you have to spend about a hundred grand <laughs> to get that ten thousand dollars worth of savings. You don't save money by spending money, right? And and I think that's that's the thing. To we're still in the midst of the the holiday season right now. Uh, when you think about upgrading, you think about buying something you don't need. You're never saving money on mm. it if you don't actually need that thing. Amen. And I think quite often we we feel like we're doing this so we can feel more complete. And there's this essay on our website. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. It's called More Complete. And uh, I, I think this is... This is a perfect segue into the upgrade discussion because quite often we are upgrading. Even that term is, it's a marketing term. Yeah. It's not actually improved purchases. I'm Mm. not improving upon what I already have necessarily. Mm -hmm. I can be. But I've been told I need to upgrade because the thing that I have now is obsolete or less shiny, less yeah. new. And of course, I need the new thing. My my uh, my five year old car is not new and shiny enough. I have to go get the brand new car with the bow on it, with the new car smell. And so this is called more complete. A dozen art galleries adorn the two-mile walk from my home to our studio. Whenever I stroll past a gallery, I often think, wouldn't that painting look great in our living room? Wouldn't this picture frame fit perfectly in our daughter's bedroom? Wouldn't those photos complete our dining room? But then I pause to consider my impulses. Truth be told, our home is already complete. And the perfect bookshelf, couch, or chair won't make our home more complete. Our things should add value to our lives. They should augment, enhance, or amplify our experiences. Which means fine, get that new coffee table if it makes sense. But it simply doesn't make sense if the reason is completion. Things don't complete us. We are already complete amen and i think that man i get so caught up in it like if i could just get one more thing i feel and and we justify when you had that two thousand square foot condo Mm -hmm. we feel empty when our space is empty yeah but the weird thing is when you look at the best architects you look at ando or you look at john paulson or, or or these sort of minimalist architects it's really about how they use the space how the space becomes part of the art right and i think our lives are a lot like that how do we fill our lives with the appropriate amount of space so it's not cluttered whether it's mental clutter physical clutter visual clutter emotional clutter these are all these are all areas in which we could afford more space in our lives. Yeah. And the chaos of Black Friday to me is what, well, it, it's what illustrates like, it looks like these sort of crazy ant colonies when they're bombarding the doors and mm. there's no peace in that. There's no, there's no feeling of, that's not complete. That, that, that to me is the definition of incomplete. Yeah, And so, um, if we're chasing complete, I think that's a, that, that that is really the the problem, and you know it's funny, Ryan, as I walk through, as I walk to the studio from from my home, I see the I see those those bits of artwork, and I do feel compelled. Like I think it's part of the human condition. I need that. I need to upgrade my space. Yeah. I need to improve upon what I already have. Yeah. I mean, we were at that, uh, was it a farm? I don't know if it was a farmer's market or a... It was like a little flea market. A little flea market thing in LA. Yeah, it's and, like in West Hollywood, the corner of Melrose and Fairfax. And so there was like the, these prints that we saw, and both of us were like, man, those are really nice prints. Like those Beautiful. are really minimal and like... It was just, it was very beautiful prints. And like my first inclination was, 
man, like I could totally get one of these prints and frame it and it would look really nice. And then I'm like, where would that look nice in my home? Uh, and then justifying like, well, eventually I'll find a place for that. Right. Yeah. Or I'll find somewhere to cram it. Right. And th- that's not in- that's not intentional. It's like, well, I- that's the just in case thing. I'm going to do this just in case. I'm going yeah. to upgrade my space mm. just in case. Yeah. Our first question today is from Becca in Indiana. Is there a certain point at which you can justify getting rid of something and replacing it with something different? even if the initial item works perfectly well. For example, I have um, baby clothes I have saved that I have used for my three children, and we are planning on having more children eventually. However, the clothes I have aren't necessarily what I would choose now if I were to go start over. So uh, same with like something like dishes. Like If I have cups that work perfectly well, but I would really prefer to have a different sort of cup, can it really be justified replacing it? You know, I, I dig this question, Ryan, because, uh, well, it's it's a nuanced question mm. because it seems to me that Becca isn't just trying to, I mean, she's being intentional about, yeah. there are some things in my life, either my preferences changed or they've become more refined over time. There are some things in my life that I would, I would prefer to have something different. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, when can I justify it? And I actually think that word is is, is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because quite often, we, we can justify anything. Anything, man. Absolutely. Anything. I, I I bet you, if you give me 48 hours and, and uh, a piece of paper, mm-hmm. I will write you a really good justification, one that's fairly sound, at least in my mind, because that's mm-hmm. the only person I need to really justify it yeah. to. Yeah. I could justify buying a Lamborghini, Ryan. Yeah, dude. We could justify buying a helicopter. I mean, <laughs> if we really sat there and looked for reasons. I, you know, I think when it comes to that word justify, the question that I ask myself is, why am I trying to justify this? I, and, and to whom am I trying to justify yeah, it, right? man. Yeah, because if it's like, if I'm justifying something just to give myself permission to do something mm-hmm. that I typically wouldn't do, like mm-hmm. for me, that's the wrong reason for me to justify something yeah and yeah if it's if it's just to ju- if it's to justify it to myself i've got to examine that and really ask like what is it that i'm after here uh I, with me with uh like cell phones for example like i still got the iphone 5 hmm. it's slow as heck because apple does not update they don't fix the software they intentionally let the phone slow down mm. uh, that came out in the news earlier this year yeah. so like they intentionally uh, let the phone get slower so you can justify getting another phone yeah. and so I could justify that I could look at that and say oh my phone's really slow and um, I-, I need to get that iPhone 10 or maybe I don't go all out and I get the iPhone 8 I don't know what happened to the iPhone 9 but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I could go. That's I mean, the one I have. <laughs> I could go. I get the iPhone eight, and I could totally justify that it's got a better camera and it's going to be faster. I mean, those are two. Those are two pretty valid reasons to justify. But when I really examine it, uh, I, I wish I didn't have a phone at all. First off, so I don't really want my phone to be any faster. I don't want to be able to pacify myself easier. Oh yeah. Uh, I, 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 in fact, um, I, I have I mean, you and I have talked about this. I haven't li- really pulled the trigger on it yet, but like I've. Uh, talk to you about you've talked to me about getting like a flip phone and mm-hmm. I mean I think that's what Leo Babautis still does he still has got like a a dumb phone I guess is what you would call it yeah um, but but yes um, Becca you can absolutely justify anything but I think with her question man it goes back to what you're talking about dude her preferences when she talked about uh, well w- with her preferences like the baby clothes right or the dishes right and so the question that I wrote down for Becca and this is a question that anyone needs to ask themselves is can you afford your new preferences? Yeah. Because, yes, I mean, maybe I would prefer to own a Range Rover. I think they're beautiful cars. Yeah. But they're also like a $100,000 car. And I can't afford that preference. Is the Range Rover, is that the one where they say buy two of them because one's always in the shop? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so really, you'd have to buy two of them if you're going to buy one. Well, I could just keep my Toyota for when the, uh, <laughs> for when the, the Range, Range Rover. Rover but then I'm going to be discontented because I'm not driving the Range oh, Rover. My goodness, yeah. And so I think a Range Rover is a, just a gorgeous it's car. A art, I really do think it's a piece of art. It's a, it's a moving piece of art. And unfortunately, it 
I I don't have unlimited money, mm-hmm. and so I can't I can't truly afford it. I also can't afford all the times I would be taking it to the shop and mm-hmm. and all these additional costs that are embedded in that. Well, I think the other thing too for me is like when I think about the Tesla, and I talked about this a few episodes ago, where you know Mariah and I we had a savings account set aside for a Tesla. And those cost um, sixty thousand. Like the one I was looking at, it's all-wheel drive. Um, it's uh, it, the the Model Three. It was like sixty grand. And I was, you know, saving up. I we had ten, fifteen thousand dollars saved up, and I was thinking about dropping that money on the Tesla, just the fifteen thousand dollars. And that was something I couldn't do because when I asked myself, you know, not not only like can I afford to buy this Tesla, but the the question I asked myself was, is can I afford to buy this Tesla and also not afford to uh, build schools in, in Thailand? So what's the other use of this money? Yeah. What's your sort of opportunity cost there? Right. Is this the best use of this money for me? Yeah. And, and it's not a judgment, by the way, if you were to say, no. yes, this Range Rover or this Tesla or these new baby clothes or these new dishes mm-hmm. are the best use of this money for me. Mm-hmm. That's up to you to determine. Now, I, I like the way she looked at it. She said, you know what? If I had to do this again, would I buy these items again? And it sounds to me like the answer is no. Yeah. Now, if you're thinking about getting rid of something, that is the perfect question for you to ask yourself. I love that. If you're going to get rid of something, then ask yourself, would I buy this again? If the answer is no, then yeah, you probably want to get rid of it. Now, if you're talking about upgrading the thing or the word she used, which I like a lot better, replacing the thing. Mm. Because to me, replacing is far more important than upgrading. Because we get to a point where, okay, let's say your phone just smashes into a thousand pieces, right, Ryan? Are you going to upgrade it? Well, maybe. Maybe you need a, a, a different version or just the newer version that's out. Yeah, or maybe that version that it broke isn't available anymore. Right. Yeah. Or maybe you can just replace it with something else. Maybe it's the dumb phone. Maybe yeah. it's another iPhone 5 that's used. If you're replacing it, that is often intentional. And then, the, so the question is, what am I going to replace this with? Is that's it a, a much better question, man. I, I think because it's like you instead of asking yourself, am, "Am I doing this to upgrade?" Like, you know, Becca needs to ask herself, "Am I doing this to replace the items?" It's a, like you said, it's much more intentional. Yes, indeed. So, Becca, I would love to send you a copy of our book, Essential. It is an <clears throat> essay collection with 150 different essays here. Um, Jordan, which camera is it? This one? (laughs) All right, beautiful. Uh, It's an essay collection with 150 different essays about simple living, about intentional living. There are two chapters in here in particular that I think you'll find a lot of value in. There's a chapter about minimalism. It's the first chapter. And there's another chapter in there about stuff. And so when you're talking about replacing your stuff, getting rid of your stuff, some rules around the stuff in your Mm -hmm. life, we have those rules in Essential. So, Sean, if you could reach out to... Uh, Becca and send her a copy of Essential, either the book version, or if you like our podcast, you'll love the audiobook version of Essential. Or if you just want the ebook, we'll be happy to send that to you as well. You know, I just want to go back to that question you asked about can I afford it? And, you know, when I think about when I used to upgrade in, you know, the, in the days of yesteryear, right. I didn't ask, I ask myself if I could really afford it. I guess maybe I asked myself if I could afford the debt payment mm. or uh, if, I could af- if I could afford maybe that, and, you know, in that instant, if I had the cash on me. But it's funny, man, like when I look at my past decisions, being in debt with a mortgage, being in debt with a car, being in debt with credit cards, being in debt with student loans. I couldn't afford anything. No. But somehow... You were were broke even though ostensibly you weren't. Yeah. And, and, you know, I could find ways to justify buying different things. But ultimately, I mean, now I look at my life. If I'm in debt and I want to buy something that I necessarily don't need, if I'm in debt, I can't... I'm broke. I I can't afford it. So, uh, Becca, you know, just, just don't think of the monetary costs either. Think about the space that you have to take up. Think about uh, uh, the, the care that you have to have for those clothes. The psychological weight of holding on to them even yeah. though you don't like them. Yeah. Uh, and so there there are all kinds of additional costs that are embedded in holding on to items, also bringing new items in. And we have to, we have to keep in mind all of those costs. Yeah. All right, y'all, we'd love to hear what you have to say. 
So if you have a comment or a tip about upgrading, including advice for any of our callers or question askers today, you know, this is my favorite part of the show, where at the very end of the show, we, we, we share your comments and your tips with our listeners. So a uh, quick pro tip, if you're going to call in, which, by the way, the number is 406-219-7839, or you can send a voice memo to podcast at minimalists.com. But if you're going to call in, please uh, write your question or, or your comment out first, and that way you have a, a much better chance of being on air, but also you'll sound far more articulate. But uh, we definitely need more comments from our listeners. We're, we're looking for your comments about upgrading or any of the other topics that we're talking about. And because here's the thing, Ryan and I aren't experts. We just talk about all these things. We're experts in our own lives yeah. sometimes. We, we just like to talk about ourselves <laughs> and it helps a lot of people. Yes. And uh, just take it for what it is. And, and we want you to talk about yourself. Yeah. What's working for you? Absolutely. So share your comments with us because you're going to be sharing them with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other people when you call us up. 406-219-7839 or voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. We'll air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode and stay tuned to the end of this week's episode for this week's listener comments and tips. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed we do. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're at The Minimalists on all of those social media platforms. During the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer every question with just a short shareable less than 140 character response we also put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like and now you can find all of our pithy quotes in one place thanks to our good friend jessica lynn williams you can just go over to minimalmaxims.com. All righty. Our first lightning round question is from Austin from Nashville. This is the Austin who was at our Nashville event who got up on stage and played his oh. song when you invited him on. Dude, th- that's like one of my favorite events, man. That was that was so cool. That was during the, the postscript portion of, of the Nashville event. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you, you can find that over there. But Austin, he was like terrified. He, he got up and he asked this question and he was like, Look, I, I, I just want to play music in front of people, but I'm, I'm scared to do it. And uh, what should I do? And Ryan was like, "Well, you're in a sold-out venue right now. Why don't you come up here? And there's a guitar right here on stage because we had Canyon City who opened up for us. Why don't you uh, play a song in front of all of these hundreds of people?" And he got up there and he rocked it, and it was, yeah. it was really great. So Austin amazing. has a question for us. I just, I love how like Rachel looked over and she's like, "Did you guys plan this?" Because <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Cruz is our guest, and we're like, "No, we did not." It was, it was a truly special night. All and right, that could have gone really bad too. Like, yeah, it could have just been some guy who had never picked up a guitar, sang before. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have booed him off the stage. No, Austin, uh, if you're listening, man, we love you, dude, and we're so proud of you. And he came out with an album recently too, which is pretty cool. Austin's question is. How do you combat the want to upgrade even though what you currently have is enough? What practices do you use to deter the I need to upgrade mindset when it was never a need to begin with? Well, my, my short answer for you, Austin, is every upgrade is also a downgrade. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. Like, let's say Ryan does need to upgrade his phone. Well, he's going to downgrade his bank account in doing so, right? right? Um, But also, it's a downgrade in what else you could have used that money for. The alternatives for that money were something else. Maybe you were going to donate some of the money to charity. Maybe you're going to use that money to buy some really high-quality food so you can make a a dinner for you and and Mariah. These are all downgrades in other areas of your life, and you you have to recognize that there are all these additional costs. Now also, you talked about this at the top of the show, Ryan, but uh, here are some stats that will help put this into even more perspective here. So according to CNBC, 28% of shoppers are still in debt from last year's Christmas shopping. So, so you're out Christmas shopping right now, and you're and you're if you're one in four, one of those one in four people, you're still in debt from last year, and then so what do you have to do? You're piling on more debt. In That's order, unbelievable, man. Yeah, and 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 so if you're one, if you're if you are one of those one in four people who's still in debt from last year, why don't you ask your family for a debt-free Christmas? 
Mm. And so you don't have to go into any more debt yes. to buy more gifts. And it doesn't mean you have to like be Mr. Grinch about no. Christmas. You can still have experiences. You can Absolutely. enjoy each other. And in fact, we'll later in this episode, we'll talk about some of those experiences. But uh, to continue on with that stat, uh, the average shopper, even though 28% of folks are in debt from last Christmas, the average shopper still sp- plans on spending 700 and $76 on gifts this holiday season. It's a new record, by the way. Mm. And it's also a 50% increase from just four years ago. Wow. And so we're spending more more money than ever. We're in more debt than ever. And we're buying things obligatorily for people who don't necessarily even want them. With money we don't even have, by the way. Yeah. And I think I think we can change that. So Austin from Nashville, the thing that I will tell you is if you feel like I need to upgrade, but you what you have is already enough, then you can't m- make something more enough. Right. We were talking about the, the more complete essay earlier. Yeah. It's, it's grammatically incorrect to say more complete. That's right. why that's why I wrote it that way because you can't make something more complete. Right. If you have a if we put a giant puzzle on this table, Ryan, and uh, there were a thousand pieces in the puzzle, and you and I got down to the last two or three pieces, it's an incomplete puzzle until we do complete it, right? Mm-hmm. But now, if all one thousand pieces are here on the table, and you all of a sudden out of your pocket, you pull out seventeen new puzzle pieces and throw them on top, it's not a more complete puzzle. In fact, it's less complete now because it's obstructed. Yeah. And so, Austin, you may be obstructing your your life by trying to have more than enough. Yeah. Man, I would uh, I would say this, man. If an upgrade places you in debt. Or worse, if it places you deeper in debt, mm. then you've downgraded the quality of your life. And like that's when I think about upgrading, I mean that is what I think about it. The, the, the cost that it's going to take is it not just the monetary cost, but again the stuff that we talked about with Becca's question: Can I take care of it? Can I afford the upkeep? Can I afford the space? Can I afford the mental capacity to worry about that thing? And the honest answer is: is probably what you have now is enough. Now I've been trying to think of something where. It makes sense to upgrade. And I'm thinking about Jordan's computer and how when he first started uh, working for us, he didn't have his computer wasn't able to, you know, do the video uh, that that we asked him to do. So we indeed had to buy him an upgraded computer. Right. So he could uh, so he could do the job that we were asking because there was something in the way currently. And the only way for us to overcome that hurdle was to replace it with some with a better version that could do what he needed it to do. That's another great, great question to ask, too, is 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 having this current version mm-hmm. whatever it is is it in the way of me living a more meaningful life essentially yeah. i mean you think about before the printing press was invented mm-hmm. and people had to literally write books out by hand books yeah. were especially rare and you couldn't disseminate information and when the printing press came along, if you were a person who was like, well, I, I can still, I still only am going to write this out by hand, you are going to be held back because mm-hmm. this te- technological advance is there. And so it's, it's less about justifying it for the sake of justifying it right. and actually being more productive, being more efficient, but also creating a better version of what you are, whatever you're trying to create. P.S. Ryan, we have a couple more really great questions here. Uh, Tina from Toronto says, Casey Neistat has a saying, mending is better than ending. He mostly uses it for ripped jeans, but with today's planned obsolescence, what are some considerations you make between getting costly repairs done versus getting upgrades? And then Arlen also asks, last year I finally upgraded my iPad mini to an iPad Pro. And this, this one's a long question, so I'm just going to get the, to the end of it here. But basically what she is asking here, she says, what do people do with their old technology when they're done with it? Mm. If it's be, uh, even if it isn't beyond repair. So you have this old phone that it's, 
it's obsolete now, or right. at least theoretically obsolete. What what the heck do I do with but it? But it still works. But it still works in yeah. some capacity, That's a right? Good question. Maybe it no longer works for you, but it still might work for someone. What do you do with it specifically? What are what are some tips and some tricks that you can you, that that will help our audience out here? And so, if you'd like to hear our answers to those questions, you can listen to this week's postscript episode over at the Minimalists Private Podcast. That's right. Every week we record an additional podcast episode, and it's available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to support our show and keep this podcast 100% advertisement free, then head on over to theminimalists.com slash support. In addition to our weekly postscript episodes, the Minimalist Private Podcast feed includes our Ask the Minimalists Anything episodes, unreleased recordings of our live events, and the entire back catalog of past private episodes. Once you've become a subscriber, you'll also receive a personal link to our private podcast feed so that it plays in your normal podcast player. You can find all the details and all the good stuff, including an additional podcast episode every week over at theminimalists.com slash support. And here is a snippet from this week's Postscript episode. If something is ending or coming to an end, then we have some questions to face. First question is, do I end this? Do I pitch it, recycle it? Um, Do I donate it? We'll talk about that in a moment. Like, How do you make that distinction there? But then also... Do I mend it? Do I repair the thing? Or I like the third option. I like to at least throw it in there. It's not always the right path, but notice there aren't just two paths. This isn't binary. Right. The third path is, can I live without it? Yeah, do you really need it? In fact, maybe my life, just maybe, my life will be better without it. Okay, now it's time for our added value portion of the show. This is where we each talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. Uh, I got two things, Ryan. Um, well, I was—I just finished reading Jonathan Franzen's new book. It's called The End of the End of the Earth. Mm. It's an essay collection. And um, it really made me appreciate how good his writing is. But that's not my added value today. Because it's the book I'd be least likely to recommend of his. Mm. Uh, it's a good book, and, and his writing is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for an introduction into Jonathan Franzen's work, and who I think is the great American novelist, I mean, I think his writing is, you know, he's the top five living writers for sure. Mm. But one of my favorite books of all time is Freedom. So and, reading this new book reminded you, how good freedom was. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, great. But, but also, like, I think freedom is the great American novel of mm. our generation. It's like the great Gatsby mm. of our generation. And it will be the book 100 years from now. I think people will be pointing back on. And it is, I mean, it's a great story. The writing is beautiful. The characters are so memorable. And you'll. I, it's told from four different points of view, but mm. not in a confusing way at all. Oh, it's good. And yeah, so you, that could get really convoluted real quick. But there are these large swaths, these large sections where Patty is the main character. Um, and she's the wife of Walter uh, of Walt, who is another character. And then there's Richard Katz, who's like this musician. And then their son, uh, Patty and, and Walt's son. Um, and, and each perspective, you start to identify with that character. And then by the end of the book, you're like, I really identify with this person. And then you look at other people in your life and you're like, ah, oh, like... Ryan is the Richard Katz to my Walter or, or whatever. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you start to, you pick up these dynamics, but then you just, he, he captures the internal life, the interior life. Like what's going on inside my head and my yeah. heart so well. Like the frustration we feel with other people, the agony we feel with our relationships, the discontent we feel with our creative endeavors. Yeah. And it's such awesome. but it's such a digestible book too. It's not like uh, some, you know, crazy avant-garde postmodern screed from metafiction from the sixties or something. It's uh it's a phenomenal book. I think it came out in oh nine and it's one of my favorite books that I've ever read. And uh, speaking of, of things that came out around that time, Bex and I were driving around with Ella this weekend. We were looking for some calming, soothing music because uh, it was nighttime and we had just finished going to the LA Arboretum or maybe it was the Cincinnati Zoo. I don't remember which. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were coming back from the, the Arboretum and it was, it was a long drive back and we were looking for something soothing. 
And uh, there is a singer-songwriter named Peter Bradley Adams. Mm. And his first album is called Leave Taking. And it is... It is a perfect album. I mean, I, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's so he now he he's continued to make albums. He's one of those artists who's able to continue with the same sound over and over and over and still somehow make new albums. Mm. Uh, but this first album of his is like a culmination of life's work. It felt like and. It's so good, but it's also like so soothing. Every time I, I turn it on, like I'm transported back to 2008, 2009 when I was first listening to this album. It's like an anchor for that period of my life. And it was, I can't promise I'll do the same thing for you that it's done for me, but it is such a gorgeous album. The, awesome. the piano's it on out, it, man. the instrumentation, the, his vocals, the writing. He, just, he has some of these lines that just stay with you. So, awesome. yeah, you can check both of those out. Freedom by Jonathan Franz, and that's a book I recommend, and uh, Leave Taking by Peter Bradley Adams. So those are two recommendations for you today. Should we move on to right here, right now? Let's do it. All right, let's talk about uh, what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. Well, we have a new essay over at theminimalists.com. It's called Ideas for a Debt-Free Holiday. So Ryan and I, we went out to some of our friends. We talked to them about their, uh, what experiences have you enjoyed getting or giving recently? And then if you do have to get physical items, what are some of the physical gifts that you enjoy getting or giving? Mm -hmm. And then also what about charitable giving? And and so having a more meaningful holiday, but also having a a less expensive, a debt-free holiday. You don't have to be one of those people who's, who's careening towards spending $1,000 on gifts for people Mm. that they don't want. And so we have some more meaningful experiences over there. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Speaking of Christmas, now's the perfect time to buy a brick for Christmas. (laughs) Like an actual brick. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. So So many funny (laughs) innuendos when I tweeted out that essay of ours. Oh, yeah, the buying of a brick. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, buy a brick for Christmas. Ryan and I are trying to build this uh, this co-op in Dayton, Ohio. It's a not-for-profit grocery store on the west side of Dayton because, well, it's a relatively poor neighborhood, but it's also... Uh, well, I shouldn't even say relative. Well, I guess rel- relative to all of the United States, it's a it's a poor neighborhood. There isn't a single grocery store on the west side of Dayton. Forty percent of the Dayton's population lives on the west side. They don't have access to carrots and cabbage and and just good grocery store food unless they get on several buses and spend half a day grocery shopping which people you know it's obviously hard to do and we're trying to change that in west dayton we've partnered up with jim city market we're trying to raise the final one hundred thousand dollars to get this grocery co-op built and uh you can help us out you can just go to the minimalists.com slash brick we did a really good video with uh with jordan and and Sean, we we uh, but you and I like I. By the way, you're such a better actor than I am. It was so good. It was like all subtle. Oh um, oh, keep going. <laughs> well, in in the video, like Ryan's trying to pull a a brick out of a wall because he is trying to get bricks to build this co-op. <laughs> and we've learned that you know the average brick with labor costs about a dollar for this co-op and so we're trying to buy you know, in, in quotes buy a hundred thousand bricks and ryan and i are donating twenty five thousand dollars of our own money to uh, buy twenty five thousand bricks effectively but we need your help raising the rest of the money and we are over 60 percent of the way there that's outstanding and man. we need to get there by the end of the year so if you can help us get there it's 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 going to take a lot still so buy more than one brick your family you can buy a brick for your entire family or a person for each each person in in your family and you can do it in behalf of or on behalf of so you just print this receipt out and you can hand it to them you could even put a nice themed gift wrapping or a beautiful envelope and say hey i bought you a brick for for christmas and uh you know what's funny about this ella saw the video and so we were out walking yesterday uh her and i were walking to the bookstore and um along the way she like picked up a brick and she was trying to it was like a broken one because she couldn't she goes here will this help you build the grocery store that's adorable (laughs) yeah and so uh you can definitely help out you can help us do something meaningful this holiday season just go to the minimalists.com slash brick if you want to comment on this episode you can do so over at youtube.com slash the minimalists also on youtube right now we're doing one quickie episode a week 
it's a quickie podcast for our YouTube audience. So those are usually about four to 20 minutes long. Also living room conversations where we go to our living rooms. We answer your questions, some simple advice about simple living. One of those every Wednesday. And pretty soon we're going to do a house tour of Ryan's house, my house. And uh, you can see that all over at youtube.com slash the minimalists. And we're also doing something called Simple Sundays right now. Every Sunday, we send out some sort of simple living essay or writing about, well, about living more intentionally. So if you want those in your inbox, you can just head on over to theminimalists.com. Sign up for an email list over there. Every Sunday, we'll send you some sort of simple living tips, tricks, essays, writings, ponderings, musings, so on. And uh, oh, and by the way, if you do sign up for our email list, we'll never send you any spam, but we will send you some show notes. Anytime you hear us talk about the show notes for our podcast, Podcast Sean, write something down and that will show up in your inbox anytime we put out a new podcast episode. And then next week we got uh, uh, Jordan Harbinger is going to be on the podcast. We're going to talk to him about starting a business, restarting a business. He, he had to go through a whole bunch of stuff recently. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to talking to him. He had to walk away from a previous business and start you know, a phoenix rising from the ashes of a previous business because he had a disagreement with some business partners and he had to start, he had to start from scratch. And yeah. so a lot of lessons he's learned. Ryan, you and I have learned a lot about business over the last 20 plus years. Yeah, definitely. We'll share some of those lessons with you next week. Ryan, what else you got for us? You know, I just wanted to encourage people to read more and get informed. It's, it's just important, man, to like stay abreast of everything that's going on with our world it's it is a meme culture that we live in and if we are just reading headlines and if we're just reading memes Mm -hmm. well uh we're actually not that informed so uh get out there and and you know like like i always say it's great that you guys listen to josh and i we think we're awesome but uh definitely get out there and 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 get some uh different opinions and some different perspectives yeah address the actual text of things i was having this conversation with our good friend uh sean mahalik recently he he works with me on how to write better the the writing class that i teach and um he he was talking about you know we often talk about you know henry david thoreau or someone like someone like that Mm -hmm. or emerson and but rarely do we actually go back and 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 dive deep into the text of something Mm. and and really understanding instead we go and read the listicle Right. The top 10 things that Henry David Thoreau said about simple living. And right. that can be helpful. The surface, surface level, level stuff can be a nice entrance into yeah. it. But then how do we go beyond the surface level? So, yeah, we can do that by, by getting informed and, and reading more, reading different perspectives. Yeah, man. Hey, I also got some uh, voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hi guys, I'm Anna Luz, I'm from the Netherlands and I live in Belgium. I have a little tip for holiday planning and gift giving. Recently, I was listening to your podcast about Black Friday and I think you mentioned in your podcast as well that although Black Friday is a very American phenomenon, it has spread to other countries. And yes, it has spread to the Netherlands and Belgium as well. And the timing cannot be more perfect for businesses. In December, the Dutch and Belgians celebrate Christmas Christmas as well as Sinterklaas, which is on the 5th of December. Sinterklaas is roughly the same concept as Santa Claus, namely gift giving, which actually creates a good opportunity. Many Dutch families deliberately choose whether or not they gift gifts on each holiday. For example, some families celebrate Sinterklaas with gifts and celebrate Christmas with a nice meal with the family, and other families do the exact opposite. It's actually a clever strategy that you can apply to many occasions. There are so many celebrations throughout the year. Valentine's Day, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Santa Claus. If you want to be deliberate, you can choose which ones you celebrate small and for which you really go all out if you want. For which ones you want to buy gifts and which ones you want to celebrate without gifts. You can choose how you want to reshape your holidays. Hi, Minimalist. This is Stephanie Reinald from San Antonio, Texas, and I wanted to offer a new resource for those women out there who really love their clothes or accessories, but they want to minimize their closets. And it's a service called Latote, L-E-T-O-T-E, and it's basically a clothes rental company. So every month you get a box of a certain number of items that you get. You wear them as much as you want for the month. You don't have to wash them, and then you send them back. So you can keep your minimalist closet, but also 
stay on trend and enjoy some latest fashions every month without clapping your closet. This is on your episode regarding addiction. I was listening to you guys talk about the um, how it can be healthy to remove yourself from an individual, but that removal of the situation doesn't necessarily need to be permanent. And I really think that that's true because I dealt with parents and siblings with addiction problems and making bad decisions because of those addictions. And I found that when you set such limiting terms on a relationship, like that's it, we're done, divorce, or I'm never, you're not my sibling anymore, or, um, you know, when it comes to such permanence, it's really not motivating anymore. Well, you've already written me off or you've already decided that I'm not worth your time. So why am I motivated to maintain a relationship with you or value what you have to say? I feel like you really have to speak in the terms of, well, right now I'm struggling with the way that you're behaving or the the choices you're making or, you know, the effect that you're having on this family. And, and you can say, well, right now I need you to not live here or I can't financially support you or whatever, however it is that you feel you're quote unquote, either enabling or supporting whatever it is, make it as a, a motivating factor for them. Like the way things are going right now, I can't be this close family member or your wife or your daughter or whatever it is like but I would like to in the future and when you do decide to make different choices or however you want to phrase it then I would like to continue to do that and I'm really excited for that to happen in the future so I feel like that would be like a very non-confrontational not an end-all be-all way to really make someone know that you're not happy with the way things are going it's affecting you And again, like you said before, responsibility. It's not my responsibility to change your behavior, but it is my responsibility to control what comes in and out of my life and how it makes me feel. And and when you are ready, I would like to revisit the situation of us being in a close relationship. And I think that's kind of helped me have a better attitude on it. And it really, I feel like, motivates that person. Like, if you want a relationship, then we can revisit. We can always revisit. I obviously still care about you, but just I can't right now with the way things are going. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode. If you have a question for the minimalists, give us a call. Also, if you have a comment, we'd love to hear your comments at the end of these episodes. Give us a call 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at minimalists.com. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things. Because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing. That's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for And you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it so tear your eyes away Or tear